Hi, I'm Jenny Keenan and I'm here with Amy Bryson. Hello. And we are pleased to be bringing you the first ever episode of Positively PCAPS, the brand new podcast created by local Perth and Kinross charity, PCAPS. Each week we'll be here, at least two metres apart, with the latest on a whole host of issues that affect you, from mental well-being to volunteering to period dignity. We'll share some positivity, talk to some fantastic local people and even give you the opportunity to send in your own pressing questions. This week, we'll be talking all things community spirit with some of your favourite members of the PCAVS team. But first, let's get to know each other a little better. So Amy, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Of course, I'm Amy, I'm 27 years old and I'm from Perth. And my job role at PCAVS is Marketing and Engagement Officer. What about you? I'm Jenny, I'm 28 years old. I'm the team leader for the Minority Community Sub at PCAVS and I live in Perth, although I'm originally from Aberdeenshire. So for those who might not be familiar with PCAVS, any chance you could summarise who we are and what we're all about? Absolutely. Um, it's no mean feat though. PCAVS is quite a varied charity and we've got lots of different teams doing lots of different things. So we have our mental health and wellbeing hub who have the Walled Garden in Perth and Wisecraft up in Blair Gowrie. They support people who are struggling with their mental health. We have our carers hub who have the carers centre here in Perth and a day centre up in Blair Gowrie as well and they support unpaid carers. Then there's the Minority Communities Hub where I work. We support members of Perth and Kinross's diverse minority ethnic communities. Uh, we have our partnership and engagement team who are the third sector interface for Perth and Kinross which means that they work with charities, community groups, volunteers, people looking for volunteers, all that side of things. And then of course we have Shop Mobility right in the middle of the town who provide mobility scooters to those who need them to get out and about. How did I do Amy? Did I miss anyone? You did good, we did good. Uh, we also have the PCAVS charity shop which is closed just now. Of course we do, couldn't forget about Lorna. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's it, we covered it. Fantastic. Great. So each week we'd like to kick off the positivity with a segment that we're calling the Community Spotlight, where we shine the light on some of the brilliant things that are going on in Perth and Kinross. Over to you, Amy. What's going on this week? Well, I have loved seeing all the give and take boxes that have popped up all over Perth and Kinross, um, from food to anything else, in Tullock and Gowrie, Schoon, there's the Muirton ones, we've got our own tampon one which is fantastic. Um, it just really shows how a small idea can grow to how big it is so quickly and they've spread so fast that I'm pretty sure I only saw one in North Muirton and now it's everywhere. And it just shows how the community really cares for each other in times of need and how they can band together when they need to. An excellent contribution to the positivity spot, thanks Amy. So each week, Amy and I will be sharing something which we've seen or we've heard about that we think is, is really positive and really cool. We will pop more information about the give and take boxes in the notes for the episode so that if you want to find out more, you know where to go. The main organisers behind them are Northinch and Muirton Community Council, who you can find on Twitter and on Facebook.
So this week we are going to be talking all things community spirit with some of your favourite members of the PCAVS team. We will start with some introductions. We have got Amy still here with us. Hello. We have got Jenny from our Caters Hub. Hello. Kelsey from our business support team. Hiya. Daniel from the Minority Communities Hub. Hello. And Janice from our Mental Health and Wellbeing Hub. Hi. Hi everyone. So today we are going to have a roundtable chat about community spirit. First up, what does community spirit mean to you guys and what role do you think it plays in your work at PCAPS? So I think community spirit means, you know, basically everybody coming together, um, no matter of their background, their job, their age, just everybody supporting everybody. Um, and whether that's emotional support, whether it's practical, um, just doing what you can to try and help each other out. Um, in terms of uh, my role at PCAVS, um, so I support young adult carers and just ensuring that we all stay connected. I would agree with Jenny um, and what community spirit means to me. I suppose it doesn't really matter how small and insignificant it might seem um, and I think that's been highlighted for me in my role certainly in the period that we're going through just now because you know you just don't think that something as simple as a phone call to somebody can mean so much to them and it can really make a difference to their day you know even if it's only for you know five minutes just um, but yeah just having a few minutes on the phone with somebody yeah, very much about supporting, supporting each other through this, supporting groups of people. What I've seen that's really important with community spirit right now is how it's word of, within my role is word of mouth with the services that are being needed right now. And, and so a lot of the people who are kind of struggling, it's through the community that they're being like helped out. So community spirit to me means just like playing an active role in the community and supporting everybody around you in the best way that you can. Like if everyone's just talking to each other and supporting all the initiatives that everyone else is doing. I feel like community spirit is everyone just rallying together, helping anyone, no matter how big and small it is. Um, in my job role at the moment, we have started a new campaign called Send a Smile. It's where people can send in pictures, works of art, drawings that their children have done because they're not in school. Um, just to say thank you to all our key workers, um, not just the hospitals, but supermarkets, your bin men. So I feel like that's kind of the community rallying together. It's nice. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So since the country went into lockdown, I think it's fair to say we've seen a real rise in community spirit locally and nationally and people putting themselves out there to help one another. What examples have you guys seen recently that stand out to you? Um, so what I've seen, which I think is really nice, you've seen all the retired NHS workers, doctors, dentists, everything, all go back to work um, because they've seen how important it is to come back and help everyone. Yeah, so um, I feel as well, an example is, you know, my colleagues, I've been so proud of them and how amazing they've been, you know, ensuring that all our carers are contacted, you know, going that extra mile if... Um, if they need food necessities, medication, and um, you know, going to the shops and getting it for them, um, giving them well-being calls, checking in, and you know, 
it's really appreciated um, by our carers and our service users and things. I suppose, you know, nationally, there's, for me, I've kind of been watching and feeling quite proud of kind of the support that the, the general public are, are obviously giving the, the NHS right now um, in terms of, you know, the, the kind of financial help as well. I mean, that's, that's just been absolutely astounding for me. Um, but yeah, locally, but like Jenny said, I feel the same about, about our team and, and the hard work that, that we've put in, but also, you know, We've, we've obviously got a, a fairly large bank of uh, volunteers um, and whilst they are maybe not right now actively helping us support our clients like they usually would, I know, you know some of them are there on standby to do so, but also I'm hearing stories of them you know, just helping out in their own communities. So they're not, they're not working, they're not doing this for any... Uh, with any organ other organisation, they're just going about, you know, their day, just trying to help out their neighbours and and stuff. So so yeah, that's been great. Um, and I think it's it's just again just going back to to the community spirit where you know everybody seems to be really pulling together um, to support those who are maybe a bit more vulnerable, less able. Um, yeah, just a lot of smaller scale, really heartwarming. Uh, stories that you hear so um, I think what I've been most impressed with is all some, at the very beginning of the lockdown it was all the little things people were doing that actually then makes a massive difference in like the neighbor's lives so just posting their mobile phone number through a letterbox it's a really simple act of just and then that the, uh, the like support that shows the people who are living near you and it shows how it's, people are actually really close and really do care about each other and that they're the kind of like gestures I found really amazing at the very start I would kind of agree with basically what everybody's said there um the rise in volunteer numbers across the country was phenomenal i've met people that i know that just were volunteering for the nhs and just how everybody almost stepped up that little bit like everyone like that we work with that's doing their job role normally but it's almost like everyone just enhanced everything that they were doing and it was a no questions asked it just happened like we didn't even have to say hey can you help out in this it was almost like everyone was going around saying what do you need help with rather than waiting to be asked for help and I thought that was really I was really happy with that from everybody. Yeah I would definitely agree with that and I think it's been really nice to see the um, the smaller initiatives like the give and take boxes that started off as one wee box where people could come and leave food and take food from one town and now it's spread all across Perth and Kinross and, and all across the city and and people are really keeping it full. Mm. Yeah, I've not seen a single one empty. No, they don't seem to be running out. People are being really generous. Um, so that kind of ties into my next question. So we'll all have seen a lot of discussion about the impact of lockdown on different people and how there are some inequalities in that impact. And I wondered how that was playing out for the people that you guys are supporting. I was having a wee think about this. Um, from my kind of experience, certainly in work, a lot of our, our clients are, are, are on benefits. Um, so perhaps, you know, their income hasn't maybe changed that much. Um, but where that might come into play um, is this, them being able to, you know, to access uh, support, 
maybe people who are on the lower income who don't have access to, to the internet or you know a laptop or a device that they can have face-to-face -face contact with us so that's quite difficult um, you know that the, the, they're not able to do that and so that then completely changes up how we support them um, and some of the people who are maybe you know have, have more kind of profound mental health conditions um, that's that's going to have a real impact on them because they rely on the the face to face and and having somewhere to go you know that's quite huge for them jenny what sorts of issues have you seen playing out for our carers we've had um some young carers some young adult carers who they need to go to the supermarket but they're maybe with their cared for or something um and then they're being penalized because they're children and it's that sort of issue as well that they're facing at the moment um and as well yeah financial difficulties you know it's amazing this for low system um but you know for people who all their income goes out every month that covers every single bill there's nothing left over to then say you know they've lost 20 percent of that well what bill's not going to be paid then or you know for people who've just lost the jobs completely um, and accessing universal credit and things. Um, we do need something more immediate for them. I know that that's an issue too. Daniel, how would you say that that's playing out with our clients in the Minority Communities Hub? Even what I've seen is that the way they've been impacted most is it was taking a while for some services to be able to get a lot of advice or um, information produced in different languages. It was taking a bit more time for the information to be published in translated versions but it seems that as the as time's gone on a lot more information is being released in a variety of languages we're seeing um, zoom guides um, social distancing information all being produced so that a variety of people can actually then all access the information which is it's nice to see that's actually coming through now yeah absolutely i think i would just add to that as well that minority communities particularly our eastern european communities in perth and Kinross, predominantly work in quite insecure employment and uh, have employment which has accommodation attached to it. So when they've had issues like um, being laid off or going on furlough, uh, we've seen a significant number of minority community members in the rural parts of Perth and Kinross who found themselves without accommodation. And uh, the council have been really good working with us to make sure that we can rectify that for people. But it's a it's a good example of how the impact of the situation is different. I think on different groups. Um, Kelsey, was there anything you wanted to add? Um, so I kind of agree with Daniel with the language barrier. Um, in my role, we do get a lot of people that just come through the front doors. Um, they don't know who they need to speak to or what they actually need. Um, so now with being in lockdown, we don't have that face-to-face -face contact with the people that we help. Even over the phone, there can sometimes be that language barrier. And with being in our offices, there is people that can speak um, those languages to help them. So it is, it, there is restrictions on it now and it makes it more difficult for them. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely, I think that's probably true for all of the hubs we get people walking in that currently can't do that when they're not quite sure what kind of help they need and that's something that we're not able to do at the moment. So when you guys think about these additional challenges that the client groups that we are looking after have, 
What one thing do you think communities could be doing that would uh, support those groups? Yeah, I suppose it's 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 kind of that back to that thing where it's it's everybody's responsibility, isn't it, to to make sure that that our community is is okay and they're, they're, they're coping. If you know you've got somebody who's stuck in all the time, you know, just make sure that they're okay and they're getting what they need. Um, also as well, when we're doing our shopping, we can, you know, pop donations into the, the supermarkets, bank, trolley, you know, to keep the kind of the supplies going there. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jenny, what about our, our vulnerable carers? Are there things that we as a community could be doing or that you've seen that are really helpful? Yeah, just, well, just like um, what Janice was saying there is just looking out for each other. You know, their neighbour might know that they're a carer and they have a cared for and um, just checking in, seeing if they need any support and things. Um, from our side as well, you know, we're giving them young carers like letters to prove you know why they might be in the supermarket and things like that it's you know it's not nice that they have to do that but you know you have to do what you have to do and it's understandable that people are stressed and things and worried just now but yeah um and i think as well you know donate if you can to these community larders and things that are going on and yeah just keep supporting each other and checking in on each other Thanks, Jenny. I think that's a, that's a really lovely note to end that particular bit of the discussion on. So finally, we want to ask everyone who joins us on the show to share with those listening the one thing that they've been doing that's helping them to get through lockdown. So who wants to start us off? So something that I do every Saturday is have a, a video call with a group of my girly friends on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and yeah, that is, is one of the highlights of my week and it really keeps, keeps me going, being able to see their faces and just making that connection. Um, because when you're used to, to being with people and being with your friends and family, it is, it's tough. Um, and it's, it's not the same, but it's certainly you know, a close second, being able to see their faces and, and have a bit of a chat. Yeah, we could all use more opportunities to socialise at the moment, I think. Um, Daniel, what have you been doing to keep yourself going? Uh, I've, I'm quite an outdoorsy person, so I struggle to just stay indoors all the time. And obviously, so it's, it's been quite hard. But um, I've made sure I've made the most of my daily exercise. So I'm still being of making sure I do get out of the house for that every day just for a run. Because I know that I'd be being stuck in the fall is quite hard. So while I have got that opportunity, making sure I pick quiet routes and, and keep as, on the other side of roads and zigzag my way around, around the place to keep the social distancing up. Well, you are much more active than I am, that's fair to say. I had to make a deal with one of my friends yesterday that we would message each other to make sure we'd been outside for at least 15 minutes every day. And that was the level that we were willing to set it at. So, <laughs> um, Jenny, what have you been doing? But I thought, so at the beginning of this, um, you know, I did struggle a lot. I was quite low. It was all quite daunting. It was all quite sad. Um, and it did, you know put me into a bit of a low mood. Um, and then I couldn't believe I opened up and I talked to some friends and I talked to colleagues and I couldn't believe the immediate relief I had from that, from just saying how I was feeling, 
some of them felt the same some of them were okay um but just talking about it just made me feel 10 times better um so yeah continuing to talk to people stay connected um that's what i've been doing amazing uh kelsey what have you been doing oh so i brought my bike out of hibernation um, it's, it's actually been really fun to find new routes to cycle. Um, it's, it's, really, it's been really good to keep active because I found that it really does help your mental health just getting outside and doing some activity um, because it can be, it's quite sad to just sit in the house and not be able to go see your mom, your dad, whoever you used to go speak to. But it's, it's been nice to take an hour to take your mind off of it and just cycle. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely good to get outside. Um, so Amy, finish us off. What have you been doing? I'm going to have to go with a common theme here with the exercise. I know I'm sorry. I'm sorry shaking your head at me. But I ran a lot before all this happened and then all my races got cancelled and that put me into a bit of a, a slump and I wasn't doing it for a while. But I find if I just make the time in like the mid afternoon or the evening just to make sure I get that running or do a little bit of exercise, whether it's yoga or just anything, just small, that kind of makes it feel like everything is the way it was again. And I don't really think about it too much. It's a little bit daunting when you're out on the path and suddenly everybody's embracing their everyday walk and their everyday cycle and everyone's bought a bike and everyone's now a runner. But means I've got to come up with different routes and see bits of Perth that I don't think I ever walked in before so okay we'll round it off there um thank you guys so much for joining us and hopefully we will have you on again soon take care look after yourselves and uh, we'll speak to you soon If you want to get involved in your local community, we have a few resources that may help you find the best path for you. If you're looking for a volunteer role to help out during the current crisis, Volunteer Scotland has a specific section on their website that you can check out. For more general roles, Ready Scotland advertises a range of opportunities that can help you support the community now and in the future. There are lots of groups that are always looking for support in other ways, even if you're just looking to donate, whether that be the give and take boxes, or supporting your local food bank. Keep an eye out on social media if you use it and we'll pop the details of all the resources we've talked about in this episode in our episode notes. Now, before we finish off, we have a special feature to introduce. Here with me now is Agnieszka Morrison, who works in our Minority Communities Hub. Hi, Agnieszka. Hi. From next week, she's going to have her own special segment called Ask Agnieszka, where she will answer your questions about our episode topic. So for this week, we'll just get to know Agnieszka a little bit. So first of all, can you tell us where you're from? Hi everyone, I'm Agnieszka and I'm from Poland, in case you haven't guessed yet. <laughs> Thanks Agnieszka. So I suppose the question is, uh, why Scotland? Uh, I've been asking myself that question over and over again, <laughs> but the, the answer is uh, easy and long. So first time that was my brother that actually came uh, to Perth years and years ago as a student to work during his summer holidays, and I followed the year after. And uh, when I finished uni, I didn't have a 
plan for life. Well, I had a long-term one, which required me to come to Scotland and learn English better than I spoke at that time, which I did. Uh, I studied at Perth College Business for a few years. So, Agnieszka, when did you first come across PCAPs? I think I was the first year of Perth College. I met some people that were volunteering at my uh, Minority Ethnic Access Development Project, that was called, uh, which is now Minority Communities Hub at PCAPs. Uh, I joined as a volunteer as well. Then uh, I got a part-time job offer. And now I'm uh, with the Hub full-time as a community integration officer. Thanks, Agnieszka. If you have a question that you'd like to ask Agnieszka, you can send it to admin at pcavs.org.uk with the subject Positively PCAVs, and it could be featured on the show from next week. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Join us next week when we'll be discussing period dignity with the team behind the Tampon Taxi and some special guests. Until then, stay safe. Bye.